Oh, and a very good morning, everyone. Good morning, Hills, who's good in, morning, Patty. in my hometown for the Bulls Masters Bundy Extravaganza. Yes, golf it is today. a bit of an extravaganza. Yes, we've got a big golf day to to be part of today, a full field um, out at the Coral Coast Golf Course. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll be raising good money for the local sport and uh, with some great contributors uh, who always support things in Bundaberg. So so that's good. Um, and all our troops get here. I'm, I'm sitting in my apartment here, Paddy, overlooking the sea and uh, waiting for my roommate to turn up. Yes, he's Cameron on the Smith. way up. Well, yeah, he's driving up here today, so he'll be probably turning up just as the show finishes. And, uh, yeah, so we've we've assembled quite a good team to get around the town and look at some school visits and hospital visits and a clinic or two mm. and a game on Saturday night. I wonder if he's listening to us in the car this morning as he heads up from the coast. Well, he should be, shouldn't he? Mm. He'll probably be texting in soon. Well, he'll so, be with uh, us next week, Hills. Yes. Starts yeah, on the show back, next week. Yep. He's back next mm -hmm. week. Right, yeah, starting we'll have him that in the league season. I tell you what, we haven't got a lot, to, a lot of time to chat today. We've got a huge show. We're going to talk plenty of rugby league. Jesse Arthurs, who's on the cusp, isn't he? He's in that cauldron there, that uh, the back five for the Broncos, uh, but he's quite happily to, 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 quite happy to sit in that spot and put pressure on uh, the likes of the, the Cobos and the Farnworths and the Stags and the Oats of mm -hmm. the world. He wants to be in that conversation. We've got a Bundy boy. Fitting while you're up there, Cohen Hess is going to join us from the Cowboys. Yes, yeah, and that that Cowboys side to me, I, we just can't find one issue that's floating around that club at the moment, can we? No, they all seem they, happy. They Ready seem to go. very happy. They're very content with contracts and the, and that um, you know the need to be in a squad rather than in the top thirteen. They they seem happy with everything. So see if we can break him down. Yep. <laughs> We've got the I reckon, he, I reckon he's just so cherry ripe, ready to go because he's still only 26 and he's played 150 games and mm. uh, origin selections and, he, you know, he's ready to be a massive part of a, a Cowboys premiership run. Yeah, and uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's an imposing presence on the football field, isn't he? So is this man, raw great Robbie Cruz. He's back to where it all began. And I know there's been a bit of upheaval in the raw camp in the last couple Ooh. of weeks, but... Uh, they want big things from Robbie to finish the season off. That'll be great. Uh, speaking of legends, what about Timmy Horan? He's going to join us as well. We'll have yes. a bit of chat about uh, what's happening Wallabies. But, of course, Super Rugby's about to start this weekend. Red's up in Townsville. And uh, they're up against the Canes. So we don't have, as we know, we mentioned the other day, we don't have a great record against the Canes. I think we've won one out of the last 12. But Timmy Horan will t find us a way to believe today, I'm certain. Yeah, well, you don't you don't set out to just beat the Canes because they, you haven't beaten them in twelve. You just got to set out to play well, mm. and you look back and they go, "Oh, geez, well, they haven't beaten us in five years now." Mm. So that's what they've got to get back to. I, I remember we turned a, a seventeen year hoodoo round at the Wacker, Queensland beating Western Australia, and we didn't even know it was such a thing. We just won one, and we we win a lot more now. So play better. And we've got jockey Ben Thompson, who's one of our. He, he would be our best jockey, wouldn't he? Him and Jimmy Orman. Yeah. Jimmy moment. Burns never far away, is he? No, Neither, no. But rides in more limited races. But, but yeah, so Ben Thompson with us. That's good, eh? We've got Queensland horses all over the country this weekend. Yes. Cannot wait. But yeah. he's riding on Common James and the Oakley Plate. And on Common James is a real big threat. Hey, what about the what about this test team of ours? Now, Ashton Agar's headed home. What team? 
How many we got now? <laughs> we don't know, do we? Well, is there 17 now or 19 or 21? Hazelwood's uh, yeah, home. I, I think it's a good move to send Ashton home. So you've gently, you, the selectors have leapfrogged him twice, so he might as well be home playing for WA. Yeah. You know, who now got games on, so get get back and play a few. Get your teeth into some cricket. And I, I think he's been uh, an underachiever with the bat, Ashton mm. So he should be really pushing up the order as, as whenever an opportunity arises or staying not out when he's a tail-ender. Yeah. So, you know, really work on your batting because you've seen what Jadeja, Ravi Ashwin and pa- um, Akshar Patel have to do mm. when you play that top level. Make your batting count. No, the selector on duty, Tony, Tony Dottomate, is over there and he confirmed such last night. The other movements uh, for going home is Ashenago. Ashenago went home last night as well. Uh, and a bit of the context around that, really with the, the structure of the squad now, with our players coming back online as well, Cameron Green, Mitchell Stark coming back, it gives us an opportunity for different options of team structure. We'll also, with uh, with Mitchell Swepson coming back as well, they'll, they'll, they'll essentially give us five spinners in the squad for the remaining two tests, which is which is probably too many. Yeah, he's going back for the ODIs, um, but I, I agree with you. Bring him home and let him play cricket back here rather than sit on the pine and run and drinks just, out for the players. Just be very careful if, if you're not going to pick him in the ODIs because remember, Skuniman got picked for the ODIs in Sri Lanka. Mm. Did, I'll, I'll check it up. Did they both play or was Cooney instead of Ashton Agar? So if you're not going to... You don't have to take him back to India. You've got Cooney over there. You've got Swepo over there. They might do the job in the one-dayers. Yeah. So uh, keep Ashton at home playing Shield cricket and playing the Shield final. So, yeah, don't waste him. Righto. Well, one of the selectors in captivity last night, the media had plenty to ask. And uh, Tony Dottomade was asked about whether there was a pecking order with the spinners. We felt that uh, that there were that there were better alternatives in the first test being Todd when we decided to go with the two and two uh, structure of um, of quicks and spin and then for, for the three spin in the second test we just felt that Matt's uh, style would be better suited. Ash gets the opportunity to, to, to go home to, to shift the focus, play a couple of, of really highly competitive matches, and and be the, have the best possible preparation for the one day series. Okay, so that's their thinking. He was also naturally asked about uh, David Warner, and uh, there's got to be a question mark hanging over him. We're worried about what we can get out of this remaining this remaining two tests. Obviously, that's a clear focus for us uh, at the moment. So we'll we'll address the Ashes planning uh, as and when. Uh, but but we will you know, we're committed to picking the best, fit and available players uh, for for Test series, particularly something as big as the Ashes. Need sidestep. Yeah, well, it's sort of. He's he sort of slow to get up and play the ball there, wasn't he? Um, I, I reckon, <laughs> what about the one-dayers of India? That's that's what he's got to be. You know, the two tests, they're, they're sort of going to pick themselves because who's available? And then, you know, is Warner coming back for the one-dayers? That's, that's the interesting thing. I think he's just got to. He's got to get those feet going and enjoy white ball um, cricket in India, which traditionally has been a very good place to play white ball cricket. But are they going to put out turning decks for those one-dayers? That'll be the interesting thing. Mm. Generally, it's their flat and very consistent wickets that you can stand and deliver on. But uh, maybe it'll be different in uh, in international t- uh, 50 over games. Because he's now, already they? listening. T20? Yeah, one-day internationals, aren't they? Yeah. So 
Yeah, it might be different for one day. 380 I think. Uh, Brighton Homes open line, 13, 13, 55. There's lots to talk about. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. The text line, Cousy's already been on the text line this morning, 0467 736 And I've mentioned that we had a, a very tough record against the Hurricanes in uh, the Super Rugby. He said, well, it can be done, Paddy. Uh, just you remember Queensland beating the mighty All Blacks, 9-3 at Ballymore in 1980. Um, I was working then, Cuz, yes, you're right, but I, I don't remember it, uh, no, to tell you the truth, but I should. Uh, well, I was still in Biloela then, so I, I didn't. I don't think I remember that either, but definitely can be done. We, we've just got to play a much more mature adult game and stop giving away penalties and cracking when, mm. you know, when we don't need to. We, we open up too often at the wrong times. Come on, Queensland. Jesse Arthurs, as I said, from the Bronx on the show. They've got their launch uh, late this afternoon, about, about 6.30 tonight out at Portside. So that'll be a, a big affair. As we know, the uh, the Dolphins have been doing their stuff. They had their launch and then a big function at City Hall yesterday. Uh, but, of course, with the, with the Bronx. What do you mean? What did you say, the Titans? No, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Oh, uh, they had, they're Titans still had their season launch last night. Yes. Where uh, was that, at Star? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah right, eh? But uh, the, the news, obviously, out of the Bronx was that uh, Corey Pake's uh, re-signing, and he, he spoke about that as well. It's amazing. I, I love this place. Um, obviously, first contract here as a young fellow when I was 15 years old, and um, I've said to myself, there's no place I'd rather be than, than here. It's a, it's a great place to develop yourself as a footy player and as a person, and um, you know, I'm glad I've got it done now before the season starts, and I can just you know, really focus on ripping in and starting the season well. And, uh, uh, there was also a, a Bunnies fan there yesterday, Hills. There was? Yeah, he was. And a... he didn't have his gloves on. Oh, no, no, Tim Zhu, uh, who, of course, is on the promo trail in the middle of training uh, for this March 12 bout in Sydney against the American Tony Harrison, who's got uh, a pretty good record and a big mouth. He's been, uh, he's, <laughs> he's been giving it to Zhu right the way through. He said he's stupid for taking this fight on. Of course, we knew uh, that Tim was waiting to fight Jamel Charlo uh, for the, the, the all the titles. But Charlo has broken his hand. So he's picked up this fight. And, and they say that Zoo handpicked Harrison. Now, Harrison's the only bloke that's ever beaten Charlo. Was a while ago, mind you. He, and but, he's ranked number three now, I see. Mm, so so Zoo, Zoo's been on the promo trail. Uh, yeah, it's on. good. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, last week, actually, we, we hopped into, into Melbourne. And that was the one team that I absolutely hate. <laughs> you know, absolutely hate. Came out of it and I'm like, you know what? I'm starting to become a Melbourne fan now. So it's, it's all changing, but you know what? It's, it's good to be here just to, to see a few of the players and um, just to talk about little things. And it's a nice little facility as well. Yeah, well, you spent a lot of time talking to Adam Reynolds, the ex-Bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what a Melbourne's fan is. <laughs> I thought he went to Collingwood, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. I think he got him mixed up. He might have spent some time with Melbourne. Uh, there, there's a bit of um, conjecture at the moment. Eh? Collingwood's long-term deal that they signed with the MCG is starting to annoy Richmond and Melbourne and Hawthorne. They're getting a little bit of preferential treatment, uh, even though there's four tenants in there. So that, that'll that play out, I suppose. You have a big blow-up blow, blow and then in three to five years' time, things change. Mm. Hey, the other one, the other big thing happening yesterday, Hills, of course, was the supercars testing. And the rumours, rumours, rumours about uh, the Chevy Camaros. And the, there was a great headline the Courier today. You obviously haven't seen it just yet, but it, it looks like the supercars could be a, a Chevy chase. 
I like that. They, they're saying that they're going to up to 0.8 of a second faster than the Why? Mustangs. Well, they've done so much testing on these new Gen 3 cars, but um, Andre Heimgartner topped the timesheets. So obviously, he's in a – and it was a bit tricky. There was rain around, so they didn't get a proper crack at it. But uh, he's obviously in a, in a Camaro, and he topped the timesheets yesterday. Here's his take on what was a, a critical day of testing for the, uh, the new cars, the new Gen 3 cars. Kind of good in some ways that we had mixed, mixed conditions first time in the wet with these cars and um, then a bit of dry running later on. So, yeah, we'll learn a lot. Um, this track's obviously very different to where we tested at Winton and I think a bit different for the QR guys as well. So to get some different corners, you know, turn one, very high speed, feeling how the car feels there. So, um, you know, surprisingly, they're actually, you know, handling very well, even on, you know, high speed corners, which is a little bit surprising because they have a lot, lot less uh, downforce. So the QR guys, obviously Queensland Raceway, and that's where DJR, that's where Dick Johnson, and that's where Red Bull test. So that's their test case. So it's a, it's a little different for all. But, look, quite frankly, the, the Chevys were, you know, dominant yesterday. And, they, you know, they're going to try and fix it, I suppose. They, they want parity by the time they get to the grid in Newcastle in a couple of weeks' time. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh, there will be greater minds than mine working on the supercars over, over the next fortnight. Over how much distance? 0.8 of a second. Well, you, well, well, let's just say it's, it's yeah, yeah, a lap. So let's yeah. just say it's, you know, rounded out to a second. Yes. The, the, and, you know, a 40-lap race. Mm. That's a lot of difference, isn't it? It's a lot. At the pace yeah. those things go. So, yeah, it's, they've got to try and sort too. it out. Yeah. Uh, look, we've got a packed show, as I said today. I hope you stay with us. There's lots of really interesting people to chat to. And uh, our favourite jockey's on the line, Hills. Well, our second favourite jockey. <laughs> oh, the wind's blowing that way today, yes. is it, Penny? Well, our favourite jockey, as you know, is Steph. But uh, yes. Ben is married to Steph. So uh, he's, in, he's in the final. He's in the grand final. Ben Thompson, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Pat. Hey, mate, a big, big weekend for you, isn't it? You get a chance to ride a Group 1 with a real live chance in Uncommon James. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, very exciting and nothing better than you know, competing at the highest level. And uh, he's obviously, it's an it's a, it's a exciting race, a very, very tough race this year, which, uh, like history says, it's usually a bit more open. Um, but... Hey, it's going to um, take a good horse to win it, and and that he is. So hopefully it's um it's, it's our turn on Saturday. And Ben, have you got other rides down there? How how busy is the day for you at Sandown? He's the only one I have here. Um, mm. Hills, he's he's um I was always in the mix to ride. I'm coming, James. I've ridden him up here from from when he was from when he was going through his education as a, as a two year old and um, partnering three times race day, for three wins. Um, no, only when weights that the Damien Lane sort of been his usual rider in Melbourne, and he went to he's in Saudi Arabia this week for the, this weekend for the Saudi Cup, and um, things changed. And Ethan Brown had the rider who's, who's uh, obviously he's a, he's a top rider and, and having a super season in in Melbourne. Um, then when there was a late nomination of Rockin' Horse after missing the Lightning Stakes last Saturday, but Ethan. That dropped the weights a kilo. He couldn't make the weight, and, and then I got the call up um, yeah. on Monday. So I'd already had um, rides sorted for uh, Doombin this Saturday, but had to, um, you know, say the last hour picked up the ride and yeah, heading to Melbourne now. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Now you've ridden in thirty-one Group Ones, uh, best as a second place, but they're not easy to win these big ones, are they? 
No, they they sure they're definitely not. Uh, hopefully, yeah, just hopefully this is the one. It's um got close a couple of times. I think I've had you know, a second and a few thirds. So I finished fourth in this race uh, back in twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen, um, and it was from a wide draw that day too on Booker. And I think I'm, I'm sure if I, would, if I didn't cover as much ground as I did on that, she would she would have, would have been my winner that year, but. Um, he's got the visitors draw barrier 14 but it's, it's a very very fair run from the 1100 at, at Sandown it's, it's almost like a dog leg um, course of the track so uh, hopefully we can just find a nice resting spot on him um, and then I'm sure hey, uh, he'll, he'll do the rest for me it's just, just going to need, need a nice run in transit and a bit of luck from a, from barrier 14 but um, hopefully he's, he's up to it yeah, oh, Ben, you must be in incredible form. You, you've been a, a great performer of recent times as, as well as before that. Well, what what have you got? What what's it feeling like for you? Yeah, it's it's um it's been having having a really good run. Feels it's getting receiving great support and and obviously you need that in the cattle under these here to get the results. So no, things are going really well and um it's yeah I, was, I, I had a winner yesterday at Eagle Farm. I don't ride now until Friday, but. Uh, it's nice to be yeah, to feeling good and you say you're riding with a lot of confidence heading into a big day. Hey, Benny, so in the Oakley Plate, we've got a couple of other Queenslanders shooting for gold for O'Day Hoisted again, the stable mate of yours, Zoo style for Tony Gollan. But I wanted to talk about the others and just get your opinion. So party for two in the Blue Diamond as a player and then, of course, you know the rap that the Tony Gollan stable has on Skirt the Law, and it's in the sweet embrace in Sydney. It's an exciting time for Queensland racing, mate, isn't it? Oh, for sure, Pat. It's um, yeah, the and and I think one thing too to make note of. It's not as though whether it's obviously Queensland horses are familiar with them heading south, whether it's at the spring carnival or or during the autumn, which say now it's end of summer, early autumn. Um, when they go down there, I'd, I'd love to know the, 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 their strike rate of Queensland runners heading down to win. I think it'll be, it'll be uh, very good because mm. uh, obviously Tony Gollan, he, he doesn't he, when he takes horses south. They're, they're usually they're usually winning um, or going awfully close. He, he knows what it takes. And as the Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoisted, they obviously Scalapini won a Group Three at Flemington last Saturday, and um, and I had a successful spring last year. So. Hey, party for two. She was so gallant in defeat. Yeah. Uh, in the Blue Diamond Prelude a couple of weeks ago, no reason why she couldn't turn the table. And it's just having a second go at Sandown. She'd never been raced in that direction, nor had she seen Sandown, which is very a unique track. So mm. it'd be a great story too. Almost you could say things happen for a reason at times. And Nikita Berriman, she's only be three or four months into a comeback to ride in a Group One, where it all started for her in Victoria, and. Um, to take it out, it'd be it'd make a great story, and then obviously skirt the law. Um, yeah, work was online. Um, was all to see with Isotope on Tuesday, and far she looked good. So she's the way she dominated the field at um, Magic Millions Day, and off her work with Isotope on Tuesday, it was on on social media. She looks like like if anything, she might have only got better, which is scary. So she takes on a good, really, really. Takes on a good, good group of three-year-old, uh, two-year-old fillies, but um, yeah, if, if, if uh, albeit a competitive race, if I had the choice of women, I'll be only choosing her. So um, yeah, hopefully it's a successful weekend for Queensland.
Oh, big weekend, that's for sure. Now, we better get on to Steph. How's she going, mate? We haven't... I saw her briefly at Magic Millions on the barrier draw day. She didn't She didn't respond to my calls. I was going, Steph, Steph. She was <laughs> heading heading down for the race. Um, how's she going, mate? Limited rides for her at the moment. Is is that of her design or it's just tough? No, just, just finding it tough, unfortunately, which we, we all do at times. She's, um, but otherwise, she's really well. She's at the Gold Coast this morning. Riding track work, um, then she takes rides at Ballina tomorrow, and uh, she has five rides there, and then she has a couple at the Gold Coast on Saturday. She had one at, at Eagle Farm, I'm oh, sorry, at Doombin, but it's uh, a fourth emergency, so unless something miraculous mm. happens, it looks like mm. she'll just be doing the Gold Coast, otherwise both, but no, away from that, she's fitting healthy and keeping me in check. Brilliant. Great, mate. Hey, great. great. That's great to hear. Hey, Ben, look, we wish you the very best of luck. I know you're going straight from sand down to the meadows because you've got a greyhound racing with your dad, uh, <laughs> Jason, who's a champion trainer. So you've got a bit to do in Melbourne at the weekend. Yes, yeah, that's it. So no, it'd be great, great to obviously uh, where I'm from and where all my family is. So great to catch up with my parents and siblings. And um, yeah, it just works out really well. We were saying a couple, a few weeks, oh, a couple of weeks ago, this, this dog that I have that Steph and I part own that's racing on Saturday is uh, as a three week series um, to get to this race, a group three on Saturday that he's in. So it um Uncommon James was always in the pipeline and sort of probably what you could say was almost putting the the uh, cap for the horse and I was down to ride him I'll have to come to the dogs if if he qualifies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Mate, so we want to see you we want to see you a blubbering mess after your first group one win, mate, down at Sandown. Yeah, Good we luck can't with wait. It. All right, Benny. Mate, congratulations on grabbing this ride, and uh, now you've got to get it home for us. Uncommon James and the Oakley Plate on Saturday. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much, Pat. Thanks, Hills. Thanks, mate. That's thanks to Racing Queensland. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Well, with Hills in Bundy for the Bulls Masters Extravaganza Week, which is a golf day to, uh, tomorrow, today. And then you've got coaching clinics tomorrow, Hills. We've got the big dinner that I'm coming up for tomorrow night with Cameron Smith as our guest. Yes. Mm. I'm going to squeeze some time in this afternoon um, just prior to... Uh, no, it's tomorrow before we go to that dinner to work with three um, representative wicketkeepers up here. Mm-hmm. But they, they've been harder to get than me. So... Th- I was sort of say, well, get them, get them to come over straight after school. Oh no, they they can't. Then, okay, well, why don't I meet them in town before the function um, at six o'clock? Oh no, they've got something else on. <laughs> so we're squeezing as much time as we can uh, tomorrow afternoon in with those keepers. Well, I'm very surprised that this man hasn't been invited to Bundaberg for the extravaganza. Cohen Hess, this is one of the greats from Bundaberg. Good morning, Cohen. <laughs> Morning, fellas. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm pretty jealous of not with heels and Bundy. Sounds like a grand old time. Well, yeah, it's, I a mean, good, it's a good day. It's a good morning this morning. Got real windy yesterday afternoon, and it's supposed to be like that again today. So my balls will be gone everywhere. <laughs> well, the the future immortal Cameron Smith is uh, is driving up at, from the coast at the moment, and uh, yes, it's it's all happening in Bundy, mate. I can't believe you haven't been invited. <laughs> He's got very jealous. Serious. Very jealous. Hey, got the Raiders to concentrate on. Talk us through this week, mate. I mean, it's I know it's using a cliche, but it, it literally is the calm before the storm, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just about to say that, actually. Funny you say that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we, we've got our season launch tomorrow, um, and then this will be the first w- weekend we've had off since, yeah, probably the playing season just gone because 
we train most Saturday morning. So, um, yeah, we get plenty of rest this weekend. And, um, yeah, come Monday, we're, we're preparing for round one, which is, yeah, really exciting. Mm, the Raiders at home. Plenty happening in Townsville, isn't there? Like they've got the rugby this weekend and then you you guys kicking it off. Where do you have your launch, Cohen? Um, just at the Townsville um, Convention Centre near the casino there. So, um, yeah, they usually do it up pretty nice and, um, yeah, all our sponsors and that get to come down and, um, yeah, celebrate the season before it kicks off. I, yeah. I know we spoke about fitness last year. It was a real thing for the Cowboys and how fit you guys were. How would you compare this season to last season? Um, yeah, it, it was probably pretty similar in a sense. Um, that's sort of what we prided ourselves on last year was just our ability to keep going and, and almost grind teams out of games. And, um, yeah, that's sort of the identity we've built as a team now. So, um, yeah, there certainly hasn't changed anything in that respect. We've, we were still flogged up Castle Hill a fair few times <laughs> and um, had a few pretty grilling sessions out under the Townsville heat and sun so um, yeah I guess in that sense it was yeah pretty stock standard compared to last year. Yeah and that'll have to be maintained for the whole of your career and and I guess they've been drilling that structure in defence into you. Yeah yeah um, we've had some pretty tough sessions um, we've actually got like a big wrestle mat which is indoors thankfully we don't have to go outside to tackle because um, I can only imagine how much harder it'd make it if we were out under the sun. But, um, yeah, Dean Young, um, yeah, for anyone who knows him, he's a tough, tough biggie. And, um, yeah, he was into us, yelling at us, screaming at us. And um, But, yeah, all in all, it made us better last year. So, um, yeah, it's good. How was the coach after the Broncos trial? Was there any yelling and screaming after that or was he relatively happy? <laughs> um, yeah, well, surprisingly, he wasn't too mad. Um it was it was a bit funny. It was he was probably a bit disappointed. Um, obviously, it's only a trial, but I think every time we play the Broncos, you hate losing to them. So um, yeah, we, we've learned our lessons from that performance. We were probably just didn't respect the ball as much. We were turning it over too easy, a few silly silly errors. Um, so that's something that we can work on because yeah, we just made ourselves have to tackle too much, and and that sort of drains you to then attack the next set as well. So. It's a big cycle, and that's sort of what yeah Toddy was drilling into us. Yeah, but I think both team got both teams got enough out of that trial, so so it should should help. Uh, the cows just seem perfectly happy to me, Cohen. That no single issue seems to be floating around the club. Players who aren't really in the top thirteen seem very content and and ready to all go one way to a premiership. Is that how it's feeling? Yeah, and I think. Yeah, and I think that's what you need. You need everyone, um, yeah, striving to the same cause. Um, we've got a great bunch of blokes up here who, yeah, just want to work hard and, and lay low in a sense. So, um, yeah, touch wood. We've, yeah, we've sort of stayed out of the limelight. We, it's probably easy to do up here. You're sort of away from everyone in that in that regard. So, um, yeah, we're we're just going about our business up here. Um, and yeah, I think setting us hopefully setting ourselves up for another successful season. I know you're surrounded by, you know, very experienced forwards in the likes of, you know, McLean and Tamo and, you know, Jason Tamalolo, obviously. But talk to me about these younger blokes and how good they could be in your mind, the Cotters and the Nanais of the world. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I need to give them any any more raps than what they already get. And, and, and deservingly so, they... 
they yeah they work extremely hard day in day out like Rubes is always doing extras whether it be in the gym or out on the field just working on his craft and and my well he's always in the basketball court shooting hoops and catching gridiron balls and stuff we've got down there so I think that's how he takes all those um, awesome catches out on the field so um, but yeah every yeah as I said before everyone sort of just comes in every day um, wanting to get better and. Um, We've got a tremendous coaching staff as well. They're always asking them questions, how can I get better and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, and then you throw in the experience, as you said, of those older guys. They've got, they've got yeah, awesome role models to look up to and, yeah. and strive to want to be like. So, um, yeah, it's just a great mix of experience and, and youth as well. So, yeah, really exciting. Hey, great to chat. We're heading towards the news. And uh, I know you've got the, the launch coming up. And as you said, uh, it, it is the calm before the storm. Uh, again, the, the experts of this year uh, are on the bandwagon. They're on the Cowboys bandwagon, mate, but you don't mind that. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they wanted to be against us last year, so yeah, it might yeah. be nice to have a few more on our side. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate your time, Cohen. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cohen. No worries. Thanks again, fellas. Now for Stan Sport, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome our Hall of Famer, two-time World Cup winner, 11-year test career. Did it all, did it all. Timmy Horan, good morning, Tim. Hey, Pat Heels, uh, loving the show, mate. Uh, thanks for having us on. No, well, yeah, we, thanks, we, we want to tap into your vast knowledge. Give us reasons to believe in the Reds this year. They kick off uh, on Saturday night against the Hurricanes, who we don't have the greatest record against in Townsville. Yeah, good opportunity, um, Patty, because um, we're going to put them up in Townsville. It's about 38 degrees <laughs> on Saturday, apparently, so... <laughs> I think there was a request from the New Zealand teams if they play up in Queensland early in the season or like in towns. I think the Hurricanes said, can we, can we have 20-minute quarters? And the Reds have said, no. You go 40-minute 40, 40 halves and, you know, and no water stops. So, yeah, it's a good opportunity for the Reds. Uh, you know, Brad Thorne into his fifth season now as coach. So opportunity for him to, um, you know, decide whether he wants to continue coaching the Queensland Reds and, it's been fortunate. He hasn't got many injuries um, at this time of the year, which is pleasing for him. Last year, he had the first two rounds. He had seven or eight guys go down. So, yeah, good opportunity against a pretty hot uh, Hurricanes team. Yeah, Timmy, uh, Thorny's been reasonably quiet in this preseason. Would that be right? I, I, maybe it's just us that haven't been hearing from him. Yeah, he's got um, Mick Heenan, who was the coach at the University of Queensland Club and yes. won six or seven premierships there. He's now an assistant coach. Um, and also, um, you know, the opportunity for Thorny now to sort of step back a little bit and allow you know, his assistant coaches to, to do a bit more at training and, and, and the game plan. So, you know, Thorny, uh, I spoke to him the other day. I was down in uh, Narrabri. The Queensland Reds had a trial against the uh, New South Wales Waratahs. They lost by one point. I think it was 33-32. And... And they look really sharp. They look fit. You know, that was two weeks out from the season starter. So okay. I think Thorny's got this side uh, ready to go. Yeah, he went to Perth before that, didn't they? They had a hot game over there, I, I believe. Could, do you reckon he could be one of Eddie's gang? You know, Eddie's trying to just um, rob the Web, Web Ellis from under the radar. Do you reckon he might just pinch Thorny as well? It'll be interesting to see what happens because he's just lost Dan McKellar, who was assistant coach at the Wallabies, of course, last year, and also coached the Brumbies. Now, Stephen Larkham is back coaching the Brumbies this year. So, and tomorrow night the Brumbies take on New South Wales Waratahs at Allianz Stadium. They're expecting about thirty-five thousand people to that game. But yeah, he's now Dan McKellar is going to coach over in the UK with Leicester. So. 
Um, Laurie Fisher has also stood down as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Eddie Jones does with his assistant coaches. There's talk that Barry Barnes might come in and be one of the assistants. Okay. So um, yeah, but I think Eddie. I think you guys have seen, he's going to put a bit of spark into the game of rugby, but then comes a time that you'll have to actually win some matches. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, plenty of headlines at the moment, but then it, yeah, it comes down to, you know, in a World Cup year, winning big matches. Hey, three players that I wanted to talk to you about within this Reds outfit, O'Connor McWright-Wilson, seem, you know, well, not seem to be, they were on the outer with Dave Rennie, weren't they? Yeah, I think that, I mean, those three players, um, you know, Fraser McWright, I think he'll get a good um, shot this year under Eddie Jones. And, um, you know, when you look at Liam Wright as well and, and Harry Wilson, both those players, you know, didn't feature much at all in the Wallaby squad last year. Harry Wilson did for one test. But I think Eddie Jones, he's a, such a meticulous coach. He will watch every video, every game. Uh, he'll dissect every player, their strengths and their weaknesses. And, I was a selector with him back in the early 2000s, and he's so particular about every single player, whether it's a player that is part of the squad or a player that he'd like to have part of the squad. So um, I sat with him in the first half in the trial game, and he he mentioned um, four or five players from the Reds who I would have thought may not have made the Wallaby squad. So a guy called Zane Nongor, who's a, who's a prop. Uh, he mentioned Liam Wright's name. So... He'll get to know who these players are and um, yeah, he, he'll make sure you'll know what their strengths and weaknesses are and, and get the best out of them. Yeah, he stopped um, short of telling the provincial sides how he'd love them to play, but I'm assuming he's communicated the style that he wants the Wallabies to play with and, and so therefore get your players ready to fit into that if they want to play for the Wallabies. What can we expect from the Eddie Jones style? Yeah, it's a good point, Heels, because what they, they do that in New Zealand. They've done that for a long time. So the all-black coach, whoever that may be at the time, will say, this is the style of game that we'd like to play for the all-blacks. This is what we're going to play. Um, and he'll go and meet with every coach of the New Zealand teams and say, this is the style. Not expecting you to play exactly that, but I'd like you to try and play as close as that as you can because that's how your players are going to be um, available for selection much better um, for the same sort of style. So... Mm. Eddie, Eddie will talk to the coaches, he'll talk to Brad Thorne, he'll talk to Darren Coleman from the Waratahs about what he's expecting, um, but he won't dictate exactly how they want to play. But mm. um, yeah, hopefully the Wallaby team, he'll play a quick ruck game. He's, um, that's what he's done in Japan and England. And we're talking to him on Stan Sport um, tomorrow night before the Waratahs game. And I'm going to ask him, what's he learned coming from coaching England? And yes, he got sacked from England after five or six years, but... What did you learn that you're not going to apply to the Wallabies? Yeah, yeah. We're, there's a general fascination about him, Timmy, isn't there? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the public perception is they expect success from the Wallabies, and maybe Eddie's the one to deliver. Yeah, it's interesting, Paddy, because I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking to someone the other day about it, and you know, we, we, I think we've sacked the last four Wallaby coaches. Yeah. So you know, Michael Checker. Ewan McKenzie, uh, I think Robbie Deans was part of that as well. Um, of course, John Conley well before that. And I think as fans and maybe maybe as an Australian rugby board as well, we think, well, let's sack the coach because the next coach is going to win us a Bledisloe Cup or going to win us a World Cup and we expect success from a new coach. But, I mean, Eddie's delivered before. He's obviously been to a couple of World Cup finals, um, obviously with England um, in, in Japan in 2019. Of course, the Wallabies in 2003 he was part of... He was assistant coach of the Springboks back in 2007 when they won. So he's 
he's been on the big stage. He knows what sort of game plan you have to play to win a World Cup. So, yeah, it's intriguing, isn't it? It's um, going to get a lot more eyeballs on the game. And um, But there's only five test matches before the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So, I've got four, four tests around for Rugby Championship. And then they play France two weeks um, out from the tournament starting in Paris. So, five test matches to get this side going. Yeah. I, I saw the the highlights of France Ireland in the Six Nations point. That was it was thrilling rugby. It was great. Yeah, well, I think the the last five or six years in the Northern Hemisphere, the, the, the teams over there, their fitness levels, and their the way they play the game now. Like previously, it was probably ten man rugby where they kick a lot of penalty goals. Now, it's an open, expansive game brand of rugby, and it's exciting to watch and. Mm. Um, Northern Hemisphere rugby's come a long way, and um, no Northern Hemisphere team has won a Rugby World Cup. But m- maybe this one this year might be the, might be the one. Yeah, but the our Southern Hemisphere teams should be so good, and they are pretty good. But it's just not quite as close just at the moment. Yeah, to me, Timmy, rugby sometimes is so unprofessional to their to its sport and to the juniors and to the fans by living World Cup to World Cup. Every four years, but we waste three years getting there. Yeah, I think sometimes heels that um, I've mentioned that a while back, where everyone's saying, "Oh, let's get this player ready for the World Cup in two years' yeah. time." I think you, you you play them now. You've got to win a heap of Test matches now. Promote the game in between Rugby World Cups, which I think they've done a a better job around the juniors and country rugby over the last couple of years. Because in between, I think I counted it up a while back. In between. Rugby World Cups, there's something like 56 to 58 test matches. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That could be half a player's career if you play every one. So um, I think they're doing a good job, Heels. It's, um, uh, you know, it's difficult when the television revenue from NRL and also AFL is you know, well above what, anywhere near what rugby gets. So to put coaching you know, clinics on around the country with um, you know, coaching directors and things is difficult for um, rugby, mm-hmm. and they do it pretty well now. They've Expanded, you know, a lot of junior teams and and heels. I think you'd agree. The sevens program in rugby is huge, and it's a big marketing tool for rugby. Where a lot of girls are playing sevens rugby, a lot of young boys are playing sevens rugby, and that's where I think they should put a lot of effort because obviously the the sevens are played in the Olympics, and we're going to host that in about nine years' time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, just quickly, uh, Connor, what are your thoughts there, James O'Connor? Yeah, he uh, doesn't look like he'll play this weekend. Tom Liner, uh, Michael Liner's son, Ooh, looks yeah, like he's right. going to start at number ten. Yeah, so um, that's the call. And I've seen Tom Liner play a few matches. He played at the Queensland uh, Uni for a while last year. And um, talking to Michael Liner yesterday, he's obviously very nervous as a father, but very <laughs> proud of Tom. But he's a little fella, and he'll he'll direct the Reds around. They just got to guard him. Um, defensively around that sort of ruck. So, yeah, great opportunity for him. But James O'Connor's ankle's still not right. Um, he's worked very hard on it. And it looks like, I actually said to one of the Reds um, coaching directors the other day, will, will James O'Connor stay next year? I thought he may retire, but he's quite keen to stay this year and next year. So, I'm interested to see how it goes. But in Townsville, it will be a hot one on Saturday night and hopefully the Reds can get their first win. Yeah. Looks oh, like we're going to use Tupa, lose Tupa. Yeah, Tenio Tupo looks like he's re-signed with Rugby Australia, which is great for the Wallabies because he was um, knocking back an offer of nearly two million bucks a year over in Japan, um, and so he's going to play now for the Melbourne Rebels. So um, I think that's—I mean, the Queensland Reds would be disappointed, but there's some young props coming through, and 
obviously with the salary caps, a lot of money put into Tanio Tupo, and he's got a ruptured Achilles, had that operated on, and he's going to be really touch and go to get to the World Cup. Yeah. All right, Timmy, really appreciate your time as usual, mate. You're so generous. And, of course, we'll see everything on Stan, and we've got these new rules to make it a little quicker as well. Yeah, apparently the referees, we spoke to the head of the referees during the week and um, they're going to let the game flow a lot a lot more, not allow the TMO to come in. The TMO can't, the television match official can't come in much anymore. and um, So it's good for the game. So if you go and grab a couple of beers at Suncorp Stadium, you're actually going to miss some of the rugby rather than <laughs> previous years. There'll be another a third scrum packing. <laughs> There's shot clocks on scrums for 30 seconds and referees are going to try and move the game on, which is great. That's brilliant news. Yeah. Tim Horan, thank good you work. very much. Thanks, Timmy. Good on you, boys. Nice to chat. Uh, 7.52 it is. Yeah. Great to have him on the show. He's so knowledgeable about it. He's so, so thorough heels too, in his preps. I mean, you see him at Red's training a lot and just, you know, picking the brains of the coaches and the players. And, of course, they all love him. I mean, there's no bigger name in Australian rugby than Tim Horan. And, uh, you know, he and John Eels are the two of the biggest names that we've ever had in the game. So, yeah, it, it's wonderful he's so involved still. Big day for the Bronx. It's uh, the club launch tonight at 6.30 over at Portside. And uh, one of those players there will be Jesse Arthurs. Jesse, a very good morning to you. Morning, mate. How are you going? I'm um, well. We've been playing phone tag this morning, but we've got hold of you. <laughs> uh, now, first of all, loan to the Warriors last year... <laughs> Uh, I know it was good. You got a bit of extra family time over there. You scored five tries in a dozen games, but it, it, it must be a strange feeling to go out as a lone player. Yeah, mate. It was um, it was obviously a different one. I've obviously never done that before, and I don't think there's been many in the NRL. Um, but yeah, I thought it was obviously you know a pretty good opportunity for myself to try get a few games in. I was a bit unfortunate with injury, but. Um, yeah, I thought I got a little, you know, a bit of game time out of it, which is, which was pleasing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Eh? Well, yeah, yeah, it was a good, uh, quite a good move for those reasons because I, I think I sense now, Jess, you, you're ready to go. You know, 24 years old now, and you've had that experience. Um, is that how it's feeling for you? Yeah, I think obviously. Um, you know, one of the reasons we're going to the Warriors was to try and get that experience and play those games. So um, I was pretty lucky I got that opportunity. And I just feel like, you know, the more you play, obviously, in the NRL, the more confident you get. And, um, you know, I've obviously done quite a few pre-seasons now and stuff like that. So I'm feeling pretty confident um, going into the season and obviously pretty happy to be back at the Bronx. So I'm looking forward to it. Where, where do you see your role, mate? I mean, I, I suppose... On, on the surface, you're looking at Walsh and Oates and Cobo, Staggs, Farnworth. You go into this cauldron for the back five, don't you? And, and you know it's going to be hot competition. Oh, no, definitely it is. I think, um, obviously, I know where I stood last uh, last season when I went to the Warriors, and that's why we thought it would be a good opportunity to go try and get some games elsewhere um, and then come back with that experience. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do, you know, whatever the team needs me to do, whatever Kev after me so um i think for someone like me i just need to be, be prepared for the opportunity and you know hopefully when it comes around <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm ready to go so yeah jess if you've yeah, had I'm heaps of opportunities yeah, yeah you've had heaps of opportunities handed the tell, tell us how the broncos found you you know you're melbourne under 20s then you played for south Titans, yeah, yeah. and and then the bronx <laughs> yeah i know i've done a bit of moving around eh? um <laughs> obviously yeah so and um Started in Melbourne, um, 
I grew up in the Goldie, and then yeah, started in Melbourne. Um, did a year at South, um, but I broke my contract at South because my mother passed away, and I just wanted to come home, which yep. is to Goldie. So I came home to Goldie, and then um, my manager sort of got me a deal with the Titans, and then um, yeah, I just got. Uh, picked up from the Bronx. I think it would have been through Seapole. I had him at South Sydney. He was the head coach there. Um, nice. So then when he moved to Brisbane, he obviously gave me the call, and that's how I ended up in Brisbane. Well, oh, we're super wrapped to have you back, mate. Yeah, I mean, you've been great in the trials. I yeah. mean, speaking of coaches, mate, you're a Kevy fan? Yeah, no, Kev's been good, eh? I think, um, you know, obviously it's good to be back with Kev, and I said to Kev when I came back, um, that obviously I was really grateful for that opportunity that he gave me to go on loan and, um, you know, obviously play for... I'm, I'm an Auckland boy. I was born in New Zealand, so to play for pretty much, you know, the home team was a pretty cool experience. And, you know, that only happened through Kevy's blessing. So I'm um, obviously really grateful and, you know, I can't wait to hopefully play under him again this year and, and sort of pay him back for that for that opportunity and, and that favour. So he's oh, been uh, really good to me. I'll, yeah, really well said yeah. and great thoughts. Uh, have you, playing for the Broncos, do you live on the Goldie or have you settled in Brisbane now? No, no, I, I, I live in the Goldie, eh? So I've been in yeah. the Goldie for quite a long time now. We've moved from New Zealand and, and I've just, just basically been based in Gold Coast. Um, yeah, I just love the beach, bro, so it's hard to drag me away from it. <laughs> so I'm, always, I'm always down coast, you know, down the south side and just cruising around, but... um. No, I love it at the Bronx, mate. I'm I'm used to that. Obviously, it's a pretty long drive, and everyone probably thinks like, how do you manage it? But I'm, um, yeah, nah, I can handle it, and yeah. I just love coming home, uh, getting out of Brizzy and going to the beach every day. So, feel like I got it pretty good, mate. So, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. You can't tell me you enjoy travelling up and down that M1. It's one of the great tortures. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's always roadworks going on and stuff like that. But <laughs> I don't know. I just see, I just see the benefits of. You know, coming back home down to the Goldie and getting away from footy and, and enjoying my, you know, time off the field when I'm not, not up there training or playing. Hey, I don't know whether you can enlighten us much on this, but I, I just saw in one of the reports last night that Reese Walsh with his fractured eye socket may be considering some sort of face guard for round one. Is that is that a chat down there in the four walls? <laughs> yeah, true. No, that's the first I've heard of it. Um, no, and Reese, I don't know, he'd probably be, you know, do whatever to you know, play round one, so if he needs a face mask, then he'll be getting one, but um, yeah, I'm not sure, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure, I don't know how bad it is, eh, to be honest, but yeah, he might yeah. might be running around looking like an NBA player. Yeah, yeah exactly, there's a few masks right? around nowadays, isn't there? So, uh, you blokes, Jesse, <laughs> yeah. have filled a few, a few weaker spots of last year. Um, you know, Pat Carrington will have a lot more support, but he's on the field right from the word go. He missed a lot of the early parts last year. Pain, pain must be in less pain than he was last year. Has he been training well and uh, been a hard yards if you ever have to contest him? Contest him? <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, obviously it's exciting being back with the boys and, um, you know, Payne and Patty, um, they're obviously two of our leaders, obviously on and off the field and, it's um, obviously they're looking really good for you know the up and coming season and um, you know me personally obviously growing up with them it's good to see them and you know always in good form and I'm just looking forward to you know seeing how we go um, these first couple of rounds because I know we've had a really good preseason and like you said all those senior players now or you know the 
older players in our team have been training really well. So the way they've been leading us around training has been really good. So hopefully um, it correlates to the games. Hey, we had uh, Cohen Hess on the show a little earlier. I mean, there must be just generally, mate, a feeling of relief now. Trials are done. <laughs> the preseason's finally over. You get to go to the launch, get dressed yeah. up in the finery tonight, and, and then it's down to business. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's, um, you know, preseason's obviously uh, always a hard slog, so it's uh, good when it finally comes around to being finished. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the launch, mate. It'll be good. Um, yeah, and having the preseason over and, and getting into some playing some footy is going to be exciting. So, we're all uh, all the boys are looking forward to it. Mate, yeah, we... round one's going to be very exciting too, mate. So, good luck with everything. Yeah, you got a couple of tough ones uh, first yeah. up, Penrith and the Cowboys, but uh, you're there to win the hard games. That's how you win premierships. Oh no, for sure. That's um, I think that's a the game that the boys are definitely going to get up for. Obviously, that round one against um, the premiers, and then obviously. You know, the local derby against the Cows is going to be pretty good. Yeah. So it's, um, like you said, a tough start to the season, but it's something that, um, you know, we're definitely looking forward to. Great. Really appreciate your time, Jesse. Thank you very much. Look forward to the uh, the launch tonight. And uh, we look forward to a big <laughs> season from you. You've made a nice start. You've been very strong in the trials. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, thanks, boys. Quick day. Thanks for your time. Jesse Arthur's joining us there from the Broncos, and it's uh, all, we're not far away. It's all about to happen, isn't it, in the NRL? We can't wait. It started with the Raw back in 2007 uh, and eight. Uh, in the meantime, fitted in uh, 75 games for the Socceroos, uh, had multiple stints in the Bundesliga, was simply one of our finest footballing experts, uh, exports, and it's great to welcome Robbie Cruz to the show. Robbie, thanks for joining us. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, as you've said on multiple occasions, mate, since uh, you've re-signed here, it, this is full circle stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, uh, I was, you know, I was quite content, um, you know, in finishing my career, and uh, obviously, you know, Warren um, obviously was really persistent in getting me back. Um, unfortunately, he's not here anymore with us at the club. But um, yeah, and I've, um, you know, I've just thought the opportunity to be able to play in front of my my kids and and my family was just something um, too good to pass. So. Uh, really excited, and, and uh, hopefully we can um, start getting some good results. Well, that sounds promising, Robbie. Like, uh, do you see it going further? The new coach will still retain you for one or two years yet? Oh, jeez, I'm not too sure about that. Um, yeah, my my main goal was mainly just to come down to, to help the team out for the rest of the season. Um, yes. Obviously, being you know, really experienced, um, there's a lot of good young players in the team, and um, I remember when I was younger, I, you know, I took a lot from the older players and just little things here and there. And, you know, hopefully I can help um, implement some of those things and help them, you know, grow into to seasoned professionals. But the obvious question is 17 games, 13 goals. Uh, putting it in the back of the net has been a problem for the Raw this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, there's no shying away from it. Uh, you know, I think defensively we've been pretty sound all season, um, barring the last few weeks maybe. Uh, but obviously... You know, the, the game's about putting the ball in the back of the net. So it's something the team just hasn't been able to, you know, to accomplish so much so far this season. And unfortunately, you know, that, that ended in, in um, you know, Warren um, not being there anymore, which, you know, the players have to take accountability for that. It's, um, you know, it wasn't good enough, some of the games. And um, I guess the new coach comes in and it's a new regime and uh, hopefully the boys can uh, implement what he wants us to do and, Hopefully, start scoring some goals and um, start getting some points and try and sneak into the finals. 
Yeah, you're still thinking you can sneak into the finals. We're we're sitting second last, but you and you, you know this defensive breakdown. Can you put your finger on on that? Why that's happened? Whilst when we've been quite solid against the top teams all year. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, you know, I think obviously, uh, you know, I think the table's really tight. I think I think, I think we're seven points from the finals, which you know there's 27 points up for grabs. So. I mean, in this okay. league, if you win three in a row, you almost catapult yourself into, mm. you know, up the ladder you know, quite significantly. And, and in terms of the, you know, the, def- uh, the defensive side, I mean, you know, it's really, it puts a lot of pressure on the team when you're constantly not really scoring, you know, a lot of goals. So, I mean, you can't defend all game, um, every game. So, I mean, it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think last game was really disappointing. We, we took the lead and we, we did really well and played really well, obviously conceded in the 94th minute. So that made it... Uh, it was a little bit bittersweet, but you know, hopefully we can you know continue on from that. Um, you know, I think uh, at home on Sunday uh, against Perth, a great opportunity to hopefully turn things around and um, build a bit of bit of um, momentum. Yeah. So to that, Hills, um, like Western Sydney are in fourth. They're on twenty-five. We're eleventh, but we're on seventeen. So as as Robbie said, you know, if, if we can go back to back to back. Uh, yeah. pick up nine points, all of a sudden you're there at round 26 and you're, you're in the conversation again, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, I mean, Sydney FC, for example, we played them on the weekend. They, they were, I think, second last um, in a bit of trouble as well with their, their coach and everything like that. And I think they won three in a row and then drew with us and I think they're around you know, fifth or something like that. So, you know, the latter, um, it changes quite quickly. Obviously, momentum's a big thing in, in sports, so... Um, you need to start somewhere and hopefully, you know, come Sunday, if the, the boys can just, you know, try and get, get a good performance and get the three points, you just never know what will happen from there. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. You've just welcomed your second child. And as you said, you were you were pretty much happy to, to drift away into the sunset and the roar have come calling and it's wonderful that you've answered the call. But how do you sit back, mate, and reflect on, on what's been just a, a, a glorious career? Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, it's... Uh, it's a difficult one. Um, you know, obviously being able to you know, re- represent my country so many times um, and go to the World Cups was, was an uh, you know, unbelievable experience for me. Um, but you know, living in, in and experiencing a new culture in Germany for 10 years yep. was um, you know, something just out of this world. It was a little bit hard to adapt at the start, but you know, once me and my wife um, were there for a year and obviously just experiencing the, the top-level football over there was just something you, know, you, you can't you can't describe. So, um, you know, I've enjoyed every moment. I, I was really content um, in finishing. I had a lot of problems with my body um, getting to the latter part of my career, but um, it seemed to come good at the moment. And obviously I was really happy to answer Warren's calls and to come down and, and try and help out and you know, try and get back to the game a little bit here and try and help the younger guys. Cause like I said, I, I really got some valuable experiences from, from the older boys when I was first coming through. So um, if I can help in any way, um, challenge these guys and, and help them build their futures and then it's a su- successful season for me. Yeah, Robbie, I'm really pleased to hear that your wife got to experience it all right from the word go to with you and, and enjoyed it because I was wondering, is has your career been something that your whole family's been able to be part of right from the word go? Yeah, well, um, fortunately for me, I was with my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, 19 around. Um, she moved, she came down to Melbourne with me before I yeah. left for Europe. So she, she eventually came over and um, experienced the whole journey with me. So uh, we had our, our first son in Germany. Um, so we really got to experience, you know, the culture there in, um, and just a different way of life. Um, 
it took a bit of adjusting to, but oh. my, my, like my, my family as well, my parents all came over regularly um, and visited and they all embraced the German culture and everything about it. So, you know, we got to travel a lot, um, you know, being a, a footballer in, in Europe, it's, you get to, um, you do it, a lot of different experiences and, you know, that's something that we got to do and um, just experiences you, you, uh, that are so valuable and uh, we really enjoyed it. As someone who put the shirt on 75 times, I bet you were wrapped with what uh, Arnie's boys did at the World Cup. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you're just seeing you know, a lot of the criticism that came their way um, heading into that last qualifying game with, um, you know, backs against the wall and, and getting through and, then, and making the World Cup was a, was a great achievement. But then to go... You know, I think people were laving on the you know the worst World Cup squad, and then to be able to go there and you know just show that true, you know Australian character, um, you know, and just to be able to challenge the best teams in the world. I mean, we took the champions almost through to extra time there right at the end. So yeah. just a great credit to, to the coaching staff and to the players, and just to the you know the 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 Australian players and their mentalities and how they can they created such a great atmosphere that um, you know they fight for everything and. I think they really did Australia proud and, and hopefully can help progress the game here in, the, in this country. Oh, definitely. Uh, over the years, or right from the word go, have you, be, have you been a football watcher? Yeah, ever since I was a kid, my older brother, oldest brother played football, so I, um, I just naturally transitioned. I've always grown up, um, obviously, here in Queensland. We grew up loving rugby league, obviously. But, um, yeah, I just loved football, embraced it as a young kid, and... Uh, Thankfully, you know, showed a bit of talent and then made a few teams and obviously just progressed from there. But it's always um, been a love love of mine and, and hopefully now my uh, my little one's starting to enjoy it a lot more now. So hopefully he can come watch me play and uh, start to, 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 to crack on too. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> well, awesome. What was your junior club? You went to Kelvin Grove Centre of Excellence for football, didn't you? But, but with junior club? Yeah, my junior club was Pine Rivers on the north side, Pine Rivers Soccer Club. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, very different to uh, the way it is now. It was uh, you know, quite a good club back in the day, and uh, yeah, loved every minute of it. All right, well, if you're you're a young dad, you probably can't watch as much as you'd like. But how easy, if you like watching football, how many games are going on at any given time around the world? Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's, it's the true reason why it's the world game. I mean, there's just you know so many you know excellent countries that are playing football, so many great leagues that. You know, if you're a true football lover, you can just stay up all night and watch it any time. It's, yeah. um, it's really, yeah, you can't beat it, to be honest. Yeah, and you're, you're playing out of KO Stadium now, so you are a Broncos or a Dolphins boy? Oh, I'm actually a, a Panthers fan. Ah. I'm a Panthers fan. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just because we've won the last few years, but since I was a kid. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, right, Rusted on Panthers fan. Robbie, great to chat to you. <laughs> I, I think I should mention as well, mate. Uh, uh, there's a legends match before the big, big one on Sunday. It's 4 p.m. kickoff for Raw and Perth out at KO Stadium. But there is a legends match on as a curtain raiser, and that uh, commemorates fallen police officers Rachel McCrow and Matthew Arnold. So there'll be there'll be a tinge of sadness, uh, or a lot of sadness out there on Sunday. But uh, we'll celebrate uh, uh, through that legends match. And uh, if you can get out to KO Stadium. Get out there and spend a bit of money through the gate and uh, and help out uh, what will yeah, be a good, wonderful good cause. Good call, Paddy. And we'll celebrate, yep. Robbie, with your back-to-back-to-back wins. Thank you. And get up that table. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, let's hope so, guys. Thank you. Robbie Cruz, thank yeah, you, man. from the Brisbane Raw. Hey, the Raw, as I said, take on Perth Glory Sunday, 4 p.m. at KO Stadium. Tickets available through Ticketek.